You're listening to Work Tape, episode 31. Welcome to Work Tape, everyone. We are here in the studio with Christina Lafferty and your host, Isaac Rover. And as usual, Christina, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm pretty fantastic, you know, despite the rising gas prices. I am okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's discouraging, but other than that, I'm good. <laughs> you didn't think it was going to get political because it's not because we're not going to get political. But I did get political by saying that we weren't going to get political. So, <laughs> yeah. Hear how I did that. So It all worked out. We got <laughs> political without getting political. <laughs> it's like a ghost pain. It's there, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, phantom pain. That's the word. Right. And you know what? Gas prices affect everyone. Left, right, center, whatever you are. <laughs> so <laughs> everyone gets equally screwed. So it's, it is what it is. <laughs> yep. And so you know what today is, right? I do now. It is Women's Day. Who rules the world? Girls. No, it's Man's Day. What are you talking about? Oh, is it not Women's Day? No, it's Man's Day. It's still Man's Day. Come on, sit down. I'm just kidding. Every day is Man's Day. It is every day is Man's <laughs> No, it is Women's Day. It is March 8th, even though we post this on Friday. It is a Tuesday. But yes, it is Women's Day. Nice. Yeah, Women's Day and Women's Month, you said, right? Yes. I think I learned a couple years ago that women had a whole month, but no more. That's it. They They get a token month and then they go back to the kitchen. Having babies. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And then for the blacks, you know, back to the to the fields. Um, just kidding. But you know, <laughs> we do get February's the February's sh- <laughs> done. Oh my god. It's terrible. No, I mean we get like the shortest month of the of the year. So I always kind of find that funny. And then it's like it's like who are the most oppressed groups? We got we got um the blacks and we got the woman. <laughs> Me and my brother laugh about that, that Black History Month is on the shortest month of the year, and we're like, how did that work out? So conveniently, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's actually an oh, interesting man. history behind it because I believe Black History Month, and I forgot his name, was started by a black man and it was Black History Week. And then it got lengthened to a month. And then I think that week was obviously within February. So I guess by chance. By default, yeah. Yeah, he got the short end of the stick. No pun intended. He literally <laughs> got the shortest month. So he should have started it in a different month, but it's okay. Yeah. It's all right. You know, February's it chill. works out. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, it is Women's Month and it, today specifically Women's Day. So let's talk about women. Awesome. Awesome. You, you told me about um, Ariana, Billie Eilish, Adele, and I mentioned Lord also. Yes. I, I think Lord's pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then who was the other one? I wasn't sure if there was another one. You did want to talk about Beyonce sometime, though. You told me how much you really love her. Yes. Speaking of a champion for Black women, (laughs) but she is, (laughs) Beyonce is just, oh, man, she is awesome. I heard one of my friends compare her to, like, an untamed Mustang, and I was like, that is the most accurate thing I've ever heard. Like, she just goes for it. She has so much power in her voice. Just fantastic. I've never heard anything like it. Uh, have you heard her song Love on Top? I am so positive I've listened to it, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. Oh, it's amazing because she like 
keeps going through like several key changes, like going higher and higher and higher. And it's really great. Love on Top is a really good example for her, just like of her power and versatility. Like it's amazing because she has just quite the range and oh, so much power. She's so great. <laughs> well, because I had Spotify pulled it up and it's pretty 80s sounding. Yes. Yeah. It's a little more like, I guess, Mariah Carey-ish, like along, like. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Reminds me of the style Patti LaBelle or Whitney Houston for a second, even though maybe not as energetic, but I just thought of those two women. But that kind of style. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Definitely like a Whitney Houston type style. I, I never listened to enough Patti LaBelle to. Remember that song called Stir It Up? Have you listened to that track? I don't know. Maybe I've heard it. Okay, so it's from Beverly Hills Cop, but that one's a pretty cool track. I, I actually really like Patti LaBelle. She's got such a good voice. Nice. All these women have such great voices. Um, Queen Latifah, I also like her. Yes, I do like her. She has a lower voice too. Like Beyonce sings low, but can also go high. Latifah hangs out kind of low. She's great. She has such a good sound. And Whitney Houston, obviously just queen. You know what? She is cousins or was was cousins with another lady named Leontine Price, who was a very amazing opera singer. Really? Mm-hmm. Like amazing. Both so talented. <laughs> I don't think I've heard her before. Oh, she's really amazing. If you listen to... I'll have to think of a good track for you to listen to by Leontine Price, but she's amazing. She's one of those singers that I listen to and like literally am almost moved to tears. She's just so impressive. So she's one of those. Mm-hmm. In a good way. Absolutely. <laughs> she's one of them. <laughs> one of them. One of those good artists. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely fabulous. Well, that's super cool. Yeah. I'm going to have to give her a listen. What was the one? The one by Ariana Grande that you wanted to kind of dissect a little bit too? There was Break Free, but then there was also the other one. The song Problem that Iggy Azalea is on that track. Problem is the quintessential problem that I have with Ariana, actually. Really? <laughs> Pun intended, but literally <laughs> the song Problem illustrates everything I despise about Ariana Grande. Now, let me give a disclaimer because some of you out there may be like, but I love Ariana and that's fine. Who doesn't? Right. I think she's talented. I think she has a great range. She even has that whistle register that Mariah Carey had before she destroyed her voice. Poor thing. Hmm. Probably just from overuse, but I'd have to look more into that. So I think like the girl can sing. That's fine. I'm not going to argue with that. If I had a student come into me, first of all, most of my students would not be singing Ariana Grande because that stuff is way too heavy for most, most untrained voices. But let's say I had a singer who could sing Ariana Grande. I would never let them sound like her because I really, this is a personal thing. I really don't like Ariana Grande's vocal style. Like, she, her actual, the way she produces her voice, it's pulled back. It's muffled. I can barely understand a word she says. It's really covered up. And so 
how I would fix Ariana Grande's voice if she were to ever come to me for vocal coaching, which she never will. She would never listen to my advice. <laughs> she's she's doing her thing and being successful with it. But how I would just tweak her voice to make it something that I personally would consider a little bit more pleasant. I would have her enunciate just the tiniest bit more. You don't need to enunciate a lot in pop anyway. Nope, you don't. <laughs> nope. But I mean, I would prefer to understand what a person is saying, <laughs> you know, instead of it all being a muffled mush mouth mess. And so I would have her enunciate slightly and I would have her bring her voice forward to the front of the voice rather than being muffled in the back. And that's really, even though I really can't stand her, that's all I would do to fix what I'm hearing. Oh, wow. Because she's obviously very talented, amazing range, amazing stamina. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe the stuff she can sing. She's a classic for a reason. Yeah. Very iconic. I think for so many people, like my best friend, Fran, loves her. Also a singer and vocal teacher. She loves Ariana Grande. And for my friend, it's reminiscent of Christina Aguilera or like Mariah Carey, Whitney Houston, all the like that old style of pop. So I think for a lot of people, that style is really cool. Same with Tori Kelly. I actually like Tori Kelly, by the way, but that same type of style. It's really good for a lot of people. Yeah, we haven't talked about Tori Kelly. I don't hear about her much anymore. I feel like she was never super huge across the board anyway. Maybe she was. I never super got into pop music in general, but she's very good. She's an artist that got pretty big, but I guess not. It's weird. It's hard to explain. Hmm. Um, I did meet her. I think I met her. Well, you only meet someone once, but you could meet up with someone a second time. So I think I've seen her at least twice, two or three times. Oh, wow. Um, but, you know, I'm like a nobody to her and that's chill. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's fine. You know, you do you. But she's a very polite woman. Nice. And she's really, you know, I like her a lot. Her dad is a, go figure, a bassist. Sick. So I've heard him play. He's really cool. He's got a good sense of humor. But no, Tori's a... She's a great singer. I mean, she does things that she kind of has her own little nook in the industry, kind of has her own little thing going. Mm. She doesn't go after too many of the trends, in my opinion. That makes sense. I feel like she kind of, yeah, she has her own thing. She's still familiar in her sound, though. It still is a pretty familiar sound. Yes. And in my opinion, just for me personally, a little too familiar for me. I kind of like, like I told you, I like really weird stuff like Tegan and Sarah. Sure. That's just me. But I would still say, you know, Tori has her own little thing where she does sound familiar, but she's definitely kind of set apart from the other artists. And, you know, she's, she's still more of a kind of that, um, that next door neighbor type vibe with her. Yeah, I can see that. As she vocally fits so well in with the gospel crowd, like the Kirk Franklin yes. type crowd. She sounds so good in that style of music. So it is familiar, but it's not, it's like you said, it is set apart. It's not super mainstream, even though it's out there. Yeah, she definitely has a familiar, I mean, talk to almost any teenage girl, you know, they probably like her. And that's Tori's demographic anyway. Most of these artists, the teen to 20s demographic, and it works, you know, it really does work. 
So I could see Tori and a lot of girls like influentialist, someone that really inspires them. I could see that too. She has a really great version of It Is Well With My Soul. She did a great job with that. So She did. Props to Tori on that one. Yeah, that was... <laughs> That was a good track. That actually brought tears to my eyes listening to it. I'm like, ooh, this is good. (laughs) (laughs) No, you have to appreciate it. Who was a, is it Leonard Cohen who did Hallelujah? Because she did do Hallelujah and I know she covered it. I've never heard her version. Um, They released it for the first or the second Sing movie. I think it was for the first Sing movie. Oh, okay. She played the elephant. Okay. All right. I haven't seen those. Fun fact, that song originally had way more choruses that or way more verses than anyone sings it with it now. Like they sing, you know, the same four or five. I think it had like a good 70 verses or something like that. Oh, it did? Something crazy like that. I can't remember exactly how many, but it had like a good amount of choruses. It was Leonard, long, wasn't it? It was long. Leonard Cohen was one of those Bob Dylan types who like was a really solid writer, but also wrote really, really long songs. (laughs) I just Googled it. 80 verses in the draft. Yeesh. That's like a book. (laughs) And a half. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I don't want to be you anymore. You want to take over that one. Yeah. Uh, First off, I love that song. Just I love that it's in six, eight. I love the piano. I love that it has some nice slow jazz chords. I think it's beautiful. Her and her brother, Phineas, write together, which is super cool. He produces it all. So talk about power, brother and sister. That's like amazing. Like you have power couples and then you have like power siblings, power siblings. That's right. Yeah, they're really fantastic. I think they're creative in general when I hear her on a song with harmonies. Like in the song Bored, she has some good parts in there with good harmonies. It's just beautiful. Now, I really like her. The thing with her voice is she has that really, really small, like quiet voice. She sounds like she's hardly opening her mouth, which usually that would bother me. It bothers me with Selena Gomez, but for some reason with Billie Eilish, it doesn't bother me. Maybe because Billie Eilish sits in that much more comfortably than Selena. Would you say that? It's possible. I would have to listen to Selena a little bit more to hear exactly why. I think I also like Billy's style better than Selena's style because Selena is so poppy and Billy is a little more in the indie pop side. That's what I was trying to say. I think Billy, it just fits like a glove for her. I mean, that's just her thing. That's in other words, Billy's a bit more of a specialist with that style than that's fair. Selena, because I feel we're talking about Gomez, right? Yeah, Selena Gomez. Okay. How did you feel about like classic Selena? You know, I never listened to enough of her. I know she's an icon, but I'd have to actually listen to her. People love her. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. No, Selena is the real deal. She was amazing. But yeah, with Billy, her whisper style, you know, she's a little bit more on the edgy side and she... Yes. That's her thing. It totally fits her vibe. You're right. Yes, it does. Now with her, because my students love her, my vocal students, and I'm like, 
girl, I can't blame you. I love her too. And so <laughs> I tell them when they, cause my singers will automatically mimic what they're hearing and it doesn't fit their voice. Cause they, they're not Billy or they just don't know how to like sing in that style correctly to where they can still project. It's very hard to sing breathy and projected. And so what I tell my students is here's the thing. Billy has studio magic behind her. And so she can afford to sing like that. And it's going to sound great. You don't have studio magic behind you. You need to be heard to the back of the room and you need to be using breath support so that it sounds good. So I tell them, just give me a little more sound. It doesn't have to be much, but give me a little more sound. And if it's too much, we'll taper it back after you've learned how to sing like that with breath support. And typically the little bit of sound that they give me is enough to give me the right amount of breath support. They're not singing crazy quiet. They're not also belting. So it's a very good, happy medium for my students who are doing Billie Eilish songs. Well, that's good. There's nothing more satisfying as a kid when you're, or when you're younger, when you're trying to, you know, you want to follow in the footsteps of the people who inspire you. Mm-hmm. But I still have to be honest, something that is more satisfying as an artist is you use those people who inspire you, you mimic them for a little bit, but then you develop your own sound. At least for me, some people like to copy, but I don't think it works out well for them. I think they become forgotten. And so you really do want to, you know, exploit the songs of your favorite artists by practicing them, try to mimic them the best you can, but then like go like a far left or far right, like do like a hard turn in a different direction and try that because you'll benefit from learning from your favorite artists, but also benefit from trying something different. And then because you already know how to do something, you, you already mimicked them. Yep. But I wouldn't stay mimicking them. I think that it's not only cringy and corny, but it, it also just kind of is sad because you're kind of wasting it trying to be like someone else. I think so. I think everyone has their own unique voice, you know, and I try and work with my students on finding their voice because it's so important. And then the cool thing is that by finding your own voice, but also emulating other people is that you can then pull the best parts of them or the parts of them that work for you. You can pull into your style and then you become a much more versatile singer or you can like figure out, okay, What they're doing, I can't do exactly, but I can kind of stylistically do something that sounds like it would fit still. Like it gets you thinking about how you can use your voice in many different ways. I think that is just awesome. I agree with you. I've heard this before. You know, we're not the first to talk about this, but that's what I think about when I think about an artist. I think about how original they are. And of course, a chord progression is a chord progression. I realize they're going to be reused, especially in popular music. They have been forever. I mean, who hasn't used the Let It Be chord progression? The typical. Yep. Yeah. But what I think is valuable as an artist is definitely how original you are. And again, that is up to people's opinions. Like People will have a different idea of what is original, what isn't. But let's be honest. How many times have you heard an open mic and someone's like, oh, this is my original song. And it sounds like every other song out there. And I'm just being honest. Like this is, yeah. this is me being as, as I usually am on the show. Um, that's me being hypercritical and hyper nitpicky. Mm-hmm. If that's not redundant, right? 
but really, I, I do think that that matters. And, you know, there are tons of people who will say that doesn't matter. But at the same token, whether you want to be an indie artist or you want to make it on the charts, I mean, originality does matter. Now, there are formulas in the industry and formulas that I, I'm not big on, but even amidst their formulas, they do want you to have your own sound. Right. I mean, Ariana doesn't sound like Rihanna. No. And Rihanna doesn't sound like everyone else. There are some who do sound alike. Sia and Rihanna have a very similar sound. And there are some now who sound... Similar is okay. Yeah. There are some who sound exactly like Sia. And I'm like, that's kind of annoying. Do your own thing. Sia already did it. But... Yeah, the big ones, the really big artists who stand out and who are going to make it for a long time, like Sia, she's iconic. Rihanna's pretty iconic. They all have their own image, their own sound. Let's touch on them the next episode because I really love Sia. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, she's amazing. I saw her live, by the way. I can talk about that next time. Oh, you did? You're so lucky. That is so cool. It was pretty impressive. Wow. I've actually never been to a pop concert. I've been to rock concerts so many times, but I've never been to like a straight up pop concert before. Yep. That's the only one I've ever been to. Probably the only one I'll ever go to. It was worth it though. (laughs) She also is an artist that kind of got big, but also not too big. Yeah. You know what? I think she's weird enough to where she stays out of the super mainstream, but she's still pretty mainstream for how weird she is. Would you say she's like Melanie Martinez? In that sense, I'm not saying stylistically, but I'm just saying like as far as. Oh, I don't know enough about Melanie Martinez. I've heard her name, but that's about it. Okay, point made. So I think C is bigger. I don't actually, (laughs) you know, I actually don't know. Not that it matters. I don't really know who's bigger. I'm not sure. I think that's also a generational thing. I think Sia hit it bigger before Martinez and Martinez. I, I, I have to look into it again. Yeah, I would imagine Sia is more of a late millennial thing and Melanie Martinez is more of an early Gen Z thing, but I could be wrong. That's what I think. You know who else is weird but is very mainstream is Lady Gaga. Yes. She's like even weirder than Sia and even like more mainstream than Sia somehow. But she's like managed to keep her own personality in the industry. It's pretty amazing. So Lady Gaga came right after slash during the, what's her name? Katy Perry era. That's right. Katy Perry was also super out there. She wasn't as weird, but she was very like showy and theatrical. Katy Perry was pretty commercial while also trying to be as weird as she could. But Lady Gaga was for sure weirder. She's kind of an edgelord, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I could totally see because I talked about this with Mitch that Katy Perry is one of the most influential artists of the 2010s. At the same token, people really gravitated away from the Katy Perry sound pretty quickly. That makes sense. And more into, um, you know, like when Lord was doing her thing. I mean, everyone, I cannot overstate how influential Lord has been to the pop scene. I think that's because for a while, indie was kind of doing its own thing and people like Lord brought indie to the mainstream. Yeah, and it is similar to what happened with the Nirvana situation. Now, 
Dave Grohl often parallels that with Billie Eilish. He does say that Billie yeah. was like Nirvana in that sense. So I'm not... I could see that too. Okay, so Nirvana's last and considered greatest drummer said that about Billie. So you can't hate on me for saying that. I would agree with him. But I would do it a little further. I would even go back to Billie. But who knows? Maybe Billie is like... Sorry, to Lord. But who knows? Maybe Lord is like the Melvins. I don't know. Like, think of another band during that. Or, or Sonic Youth. I'm just trying to... Sure, yeah. Or Pixies. <laughs> I would say Lord is kind of that thing. And she's not super mainstream. Billy, I would say, is more mainstream than Lord, But she's still... Oh, definitely. She still definitely pioneered that. And now you have so many indie artists who are pop indie. I shouldn't say indie, pop indie, who are coming out like Leanna Firestone would be one of them. And I was asking my student last night about it. I'm like, what is up with her melodies? I was like, I asked her if she looked at who her influences were. And she was like, I don't know. But she told me this was a very astute comment by my student. She goes, I really think that a lot of girls who grew up listening to Taylor Swift, who's not indie, but is now going in that direction, pop indie. A lot of these girls grew up listening to Taylor Swift and are now doing their own thing, like writing about, you know, oh, you broke my heart, blah, 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 different things like that. So she thinks a lot of these new pop indie artists are inspired a little bit by Taylor Swift, but it is also possible that they're inspired by Lord and people like that. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I would have to, maybe I could do a paper on it. I don't know. but We would benefit from that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. You know, more on the Taylor Swift thing. I actually liked her transition. I know it was kind of easy to... From country to pop? Yeah. Okay. So I have said that I have liked... Well, there are certain songs I couldn't stand by her, but I actually liked Taylor's country career. I liked her not so popular music is what I'm saying. She probably, surprisingly, right? I mean, you wouldn't know this if you actually asked me point blank. But I actually really liked Taylor's country sound. And I preferred her country music over what was going on at the time. In fact, probably the only country artist that I really can say that I've been okay with, I would have to think of more. And I'm talking about in a modern sense because I love classic country. Everyone knows that about me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I really like her transition out of the country. And even though 1989, it's a good album. I think it's, mm. for me, it's way overhyped, but I get it. I understand why it's a classic album. And I understand why 1989 is a favorite. Mm -hmm. So I actually wasn't big on all the songs on there. But I really liked what she was doing stylistically. Like I loved Bad Blood. Mm. I really liked what her sound evolved into. Okay. And I also liked Lover. I told Mitch that as well. I actually liked Lover a lot. Yeah. You know, I never liked Taylor Swift. I I had this... And I used to say that. <laughs> I used to group Taylor Swift with uh, Justin Bieber. I used to do the same thing. And now I just kind of changed. Yeah. No, I still don't like her mostly, actually. But my friend Shane, he loves Taylor Swift. And every time she came out with a new album, he forced me to listen to it. That's a darn Shane. That was terrible. That was Great a darn on. Shane. I know. <laughs> but I always had to tell him, like, I hate this dude. I literally hate this. And then she came out with this album, um, Folklore. She came out with Folklore and he's like, Tina, you've got to listen to this. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. And I listened to it and I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. 
what happened? And that's when you told me to listen to it. Yes, that was I remember a that. solid album. It's so good. And it's because I like it because it's more of that indie pop sound. It's great. <laughs> Let's get more into the indie artists because that's kind of my area. Did you ever get into Meg Myers or Banks? I don't know them. That is, that's, that makes sense. <laughs> my, my brother, my brother is actually more into the indie artists than I am. I have like a select few. I like the style in general, but I have a select few that I've really gravitated towards. And then he really knows them. Like he knows Lord Huron. He knows. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, <laughs> he knows all of them. He listens to this guy who like used to be homeless and sing some like real backwoods, like bluegrass stuff. <laughs> oh, he found my music. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, I should have, I should have him on the podcast to talk about all those singers. He loves them. Oh, that would be great. No, I, I love that stuff. Yeah. Like, um, who are they? Oh, uh, Bon Iver. Oh, him. Yeah. I don't know what much about him either, but the stuff I've heard about him is very, or like the stuff I've heard by him is pretty good. He's not my favorite just because I'm not a fan of his voice, but I like the, really? the feel of it. Yeah. Kings of convenience. I've never heard of them. Okay. Guitar wise, they have the Simon Garfunkel sound down. The 60s I love uh, that. sound. Oh, I love it. No, I, I I often trash on throwbacks. I really do. But some styles of music are a little bit more timeless. Like one thing I could not stand about the 2010s was this gigantic 80s throwback sound. I thought it was corny. No offense. Mm. Maybe you liked it. I think everyone else but me liked it. I I did like that actually. But I hated it. But that's just me. That's fair. It just felt unoriginal and uninspiring. I felt it was too derivative of... It was almost like a cliche. It's almost like saying, oh, the 80s were like this. And it's like, but we're in the 2010s. Like, you weren't even there. You know? You so weren't it, even it there. Was, it's like, yeah, let's let's take all these, uh, you know, like all the 80s top pop rock hits and then make a genre with that. And I just, I won't lie. And I'm not the only one that felt this way. I just felt like it was tacky, you know? makes sense. And also this happened with the 2010s was this grunge revival, which, you know, I love grunge, but I, I also kind of got tired of it because I was, um, you know, growing up, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I like to destroy a guitar. And then it kind of got tiring. I was like, you know what? I really would like hard rock to evolve. Mm. And so I kind of stopped listening to those bands that sounded too much like Nirvana and things like that because they kind of got old and I, I gravitated more toward people like Royal Blood. Yeah. I'm not huge on Royal Blood, but at least there was a proper evolution in rock with that. At least hard rock is concerned because there are so many subgenres of rock. Rock is not just one genre. People need to get that through their heads. It's just like pop. There are different styles of pop. So, in fact, I say this to this day I don't think it's a rock song if it doesn't have pop elements. That's fair. That's fair. I'm trying to like find this song. There's this band that my brother listens to and the song's like, I'm going back to the sun. I'm going <laughs> back it. to the sun. It's so good. We listen to that. <gasps> Speaking of indie. Oh, I bet you'll like this guy. Mention, P mention it. Petey. Do you know Petey? No, I don't know Petey. Listen to Petey. He is a little reminiscent of the 80s, but it's not. It depends on what style of the 80s. If it's the cliched gated snare 80s, then I might kind of fall out of it. But I'll try. No, I think it's well done. 
I feel like you would like Petey. He's great. Speaking of unconventional artists, he like yells a lot in his songs. The first time I heard him, I'm like, who's this dude who's yelling? And my brother would just laugh. And now he's like one of my favorite singers. I do like awkward and quirky front men and front women. So I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Oh, Back to the Sun is by Black Bones. I feel like I've heard of Black Bones, but it's been a while. Yeah. Sometimes these names do escape you, but I've been pretty decent at it. I just, I'm just realizing, who knows, maybe the gigabytes of my brain are running out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Or I also just kind of need to eat more vegetables so I can remember stuff. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) There's that as well. Beet juice. (laughs) Beet juice. Oh my gosh. Nothing beats that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, basically, bottom line, yeah, back to the the 60s style is, yes, that is one of the timeless genres. Like, you know, just a singer with a piano or an acoustic guitar. So good. Yeah. And I mean, acoustic piano because electric piano is cool as well. But I really like an acoustic piano or an acoustic guitar and the singer just singing into a mic. That's a style of music that I always go back to, the folksy styles. Yeah. And it's hard to... It's hard to hate that stuff. I mean, there are many people who find it boring, but I think, I mean, I have a, I have my own acoustic and I, you know, I've been playing piano since I was a kid, but yeah, there's something about the solo artist. Now, sometimes people butcher it because they, they make it really generic and it's a song everyone has sung, sure. but every now and then you get an artist who's extremely original and extremely inventive, but they're familiar. Yeah. Well, I think that there's probably a reason that that sort of thing is done or has been done in most cultures across the world and for, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of years, just like a singer with an instrument singing about life, (laughs) you know? That to me is timeless. Yeah. In fact, I love bands, but even I think bands are more susceptible to fall in and out of style, but not a singer and an instrument. Yeah, I think that's going to stick around forever. Do you know uh, Gregory Allen Isakov? Isakov sounds very familiar, but maybe I can't say for sure. He does that kind of thing, too. He's actually like a farmer who also happens to like record his own music. But he's um he does that folky type thing. His two best tracks are Big Black Car and Stable Song. OK, they're both so good. Yeah, he's got that folky type sound as well. Really, really good. I love stuff like that. Yeah. But how about next week we go over it or next episode? So just just confession, I recorded some episodes with Garrison, but then like they got destroyed. And so I think I'm going to try to get another episode with Garrison. Cool. But the next time you and I are on, we can talk further about some of the weirder artists. Mostly woman. Yep. Because, you know, it's Women's Month. It is Women's Month. I'm kind of kidding. I really don't care what month it is. I'm always going to talk about the woman artists. But yeah, we'll we'll do that more in the future. Some unconventional artists. Yeah. And we can even go further into, you know, Rihanna or... Oh, sure. Or Adele. Because I know we wanted to talk about her, not just like her voice, but you wanted to dissect some of her tracks. Yeah. Well, when it comes to their tracks... I really only pick them because they're iconic and everyone knows them. So I don't super usually dive into the tracks, but just pick those to like be like, this is Adele's typical sound. 
Sure. For example. Or albums, what, whatever. I mean, you still want to talk about folklore and lemonade, so let's have at it. Yeah, lemonade and folklore. Maybe some PD too. I'll send you some PD tracks so we can talk about him. Send me it in a PDF. Uh- <laughs> and that's it for today. Oh, yikes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's coming out. As a kid, I, I used to make so many puns. And then as I got older, I just stopped doing it. And now I'm kind of going back to it. So it's like a phase. You know, it's it's a good phase. <laughs> Dad jokes and puns are like the best kind of humor. Okay, that'll never fall out of style. It's true. It's like folk music. Right? It's timeless. <laughs> well, Christina, thanks for being here. And um, we'll see you next week. We'll talk. You know, we'll talk. Yeah. For who knows how long. But um, yeah, thanks for being here. And it's always a pleasure. Yeah. As usual. Thank you so much for having me. And do all right with your travels and don't pay too much in gas. Yeah. Stay at home, guys, <laughs> as much as you can. <laughs> Stay at home, people. We'll be with you next time. And it might be Garrison. It might be Christina. It might be both of them and me. So Nice. Yeah. We look forward to talking with you guys later. Stay tuned for the groups that we'll be having. And we'll catch you on the next episode. See you guys. Later. Later.